What's up, y'all? What is up, Heads and Tails listeners? This is Kevin. I'm just letting you guys know that this week's episode with CrossFit Games Regional Qualifier, Marco Dabke, will be broken up into two parts. You are currently tuned into part one, where Marco talks about his diagnosis with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, which caused him to miss his highly anticipated senior season of high school football. We also talk about the treatment process and the struggles of watching his team succeed without him. To end the episode, Marco takes us through his attempted comeback to football only to receive yet another sign that football might not be in his cards. Part 2 will be posted next week and that episode is focused on CrossFit's role in Marco's transition to life after football and what it has taken him to finally qualify for regionals. There are tons of great learning lessons from Marco's adversity and transition to life after football, so without further ado, I bring you Marco Dapke. After the bone marrow biopsy, they confirmed that it was cancer and Monday morning, I remember the doctor came in and he sits next to me, or yeah, he sits next to me and he goes, uh, no, you basically you have cancer. And for me to process, process that at the moment, I didn't, it kind of like flew by my head. Like I didn't, I wasn't too educated on cancer. Like I had an idea of what cancer was, but no one really truly knows what it is unless you know someone who's going through it or you studied it. Like. People have an idea, they see people with it, but they don't know that the process of cancer. So for me, I'm like, first thing I asked them, can I play football? <laughs> this is Marco Dabke, qualifying for the 2017 CrossFit Regionals in the Atlantic Regional, coming in uh, June 2nd, and this is the Heads and Tails Podcast. Welcome back to the Heads and Tails Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Som, and each week I bring you an inspiring athlete's story of perseverance or expert knowledge in the field of sports health and safety. Just like flipping a coin, you can't control what happens to you in sports or in life. You can always control how you respond. This is my response after suffering a traumatic brain injury in a high school football game, and I hope it leaves you feeling both inspired and informed. Welcome back to the Heads and Tails Podcast. This week I'm here with the one and only Marco Dapke. We just finished up a, a CrossFit workout at CrossFit Westchester. We did some uh, some relay med ball runs and <laughs> some synchronized front squats, yeah. toes to bar. It's always fun like yeah, that. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, and we got a good sweat in. Now we're going to get a sweat in on, on the podcast. Love well, it. hopefully not. But uh, anyway... Uh, Marco is a, a survivor of acute lymphoblastic leukemia, and he was a captain at uh, Neshamity High School, and he, he was a walk-on at Westchester University uh, for the football team, and he's currently training for the CrossFit Regionals as a games athlete. So that's uh, a really impressive feat for anyone who doesn't know any, much about CrossFit. It's it's like top 1% of the CrossFit world can do that. So we're, we're in the, the presence of a, a really phenomenal athlete. Um, so, Marco, can you start off by kind of talking about, you know, maybe the day that uh, the doctor told you that you had cancer? Like, what led up to that? Yeah, well, the first thing that was was leading up to this was that I was captain of this of this football team. We were always a top-ranked football team in the state. Okay. The Chamonix, it was, I mean, the Chamonix football is like – Friday Night Lights, that movie with with that community, it's it's awesome. It's it was the best experience I've ever had because I transferred to that school, and after training, you were a safety, right? Yeah, I was a safety linebacker. Okay, combo, and that whole year I was training very very hard into my senior year, and there was a lot of build up to you know possibly making something out of that after that senior year we had a lot of recruits come in um for myself and for 
my best friend who played at Villanova uh, for the past five years. He, he was recruited there, and we had a we had a lot of build up going into that year. And next thing that happened was that during that spring training in 2010, I was just starting to get sick. I was I started off with a cold, and I was you know, coughing, having a little bit of wheezing that just wasn't going away and started to have some swelling in like my throat and I had like a lump on my cheek and this was just a build up during, you know, three, four weeks worth. And, you know, I I ended up waking up one morning. It was that week prior to the doctor even telling me I had cancer that week prior we were we were doing scrimmages and I was playing and I was suffering through it right I was you're pushing through I was pushing through this this sickness like I could hardly breathe I was just like (gasps) like constantly and I'm like what the heck is going on right like it it just wasn't making sense and I was taking like you know you know over-the-counter things just to try to remedy yeah just to try to keep me going and I remember we tested that week uh, in our in our lifts, and I did like a 285 power clean PR and you oh, know 485 squat PR. You thought you were feeling like crap. And like I remember after I squatted, I almost fainted, and I like it was just it was a weird sensation I never had in my life before. I was just like, it was almost like whatever was going on my in my body, I just like aggravated it. Right. And I just remember I was like, well, th- you know, whatever's going on is not good. And so going into that week, we had a scrimmage, and I was just like had to stop. Like I was playing receiver because on offense I played receiver. I played a slot. I was running routes, and I was just getting winded. I had to take a break on the sideline. I'm like, coach, this isn't good. I got to stop. I'm like coughing up along here. You know, I went home, and then that was a Thursday. And then that Friday, I just was like at home in bed. I didn't go to school that week because I was just feeling so bad. And I wake up that Saturday morning and I could hardly breathe. My throat was just like collapsing. I was like, mom, I have to go to the hospital. Right. I have to go. And they took me in. They did x-rays. Um, and I think after the first x-ray, they knew something was going on because they're like, we have to transfer this kid to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. So that goes in, get in the Children's Hospital. They did, they did test on me. They did bone marrow biopsy I had to do that actually raw because I was what does I that could, mean so they basically they, they have to check your bone marrow because they know that what, what, what does raw mean though oh under, no uh um anesthesia oh okay so I couldn't be I, I couldn't be put down like I had to go through it without any medication because you were so sick or because I couldn't breathe oh, okay so if, if they put me under and I couldn't breathe when I'm unconscious right. that could <laughs> that could kill me so they're like hey we have to we have to do this test we know something's going on but we can't give you anything so I'm like you know sucked it up and and it was weird because during that time like I had I guess everyone knew something was going on I think they had an idea but they were holding it back from me because it was it was a scary situation at first like I knew in my like what is going on like this is like in your gut. You knew someone was in my gut. I mean, cause, like my coaches started coming in. My dad came. My sister was there. My sister was with me during the bone marrow biopsy. Cause my mom couldn't even be there. She was just like, I can't watch him go through the pain and all that. So 
Um, after the bone marrow biopsy, they confirmed that it was cancer. And I remember the doctor, it was a Monday morning. They did everything on Saturday night with that, and Sunday kind of passed through. And Monday morning, I remember the doctor came in, and he sits next to me, or, yeah, he sits next to me, and he goes, uh, no, you basically you have cancer. And for me to <clears throat> process process that at the moment, I didn't. It kind of like flew by my head. Like I didn't. I wasn't too educated on cancer. Like I had an idea of what cancer was, but no one really truly knows what it is unless you know someone who's gone through it or you studied it. Like right. people have an idea. They see people with it, but they don't know that the process of cancer. So for me, I'm like, first thing I asked him can I play football? <laughs> I'm like, can I play football? And he goes, and he probably was just like, are you kidding me, dude? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, you, you're going to, we have to treat you. We, you're going to be in the hospital for a month. You're going to go through this treatment. You know, this is going to be a long process. And that was the only thing that made me cry. Was not playing football. Was not that I couldn't play the sport that, I loved so much and I, I put in all this time and had all this build up going into and then and right because it's going into your senior season this right? is my I mean this is like what every high school football player you know dreams, dreams of, of yeah. senior season big football program you know possible state you know uh, title prospects yeah. you know we're, okay, we're yeah, yeah we're, we had we had a lot going in we had a we had a great uh a great team that year and I was essentially a big part of that I was a captain of that team and it just hit me and I was like it's it's over and I, I cried and my very first football coach was there at the moment and he just he cried and my mom cried and I was just like you know, like I didn't know what to think I'm just like this is not fair right and it hit me pretty hard I mean Everything else I can I could accept. I can accept you you gotta treat me, you gotta get me better. But the fact that I'm not going to be able to be playing on those Friday nights really you know, it, hit it me felt hard. like it was like taken away from you too. Yeah, it, it just in an instant, snap. Right. It's gone. And I mean, how are you gonna tell a seventeen year old kid who thinks he has, you know, um stronger than anybody else, I haven't made, I'm I'm you know, you got a big head. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just the way and it is. Plus, yeah, you never think that anything's gonna ever happen. Yeah, to you, you think you're, you're indestructible. Young. It's yeah. like, well, all of a sudden now, I and then they didn't have a reason. It's like, well, I'm like, what? Why? Why do I have cancer? Like, what's going on? Another thing that really hurt was just like, I, you know, we don't have an answer. An yeah. answer for this. Like, there's nothing we can trace. It's not like this was, you know, genetic thing or. Or they they didn't have an exact cause of it, so that that kind of burned a hole in me as well because I didn't know. Like I'm someone who has to. I I'm, I like to have some control. Yeah, and I want to know, yeah. right? So yeah. it's like, well, what the heck? So that that hit me pretty hard, and that's the only thing that really made me cry when the doctor told me. So obviously you were feeling bad for yourself, but like. What were the next steps like? So this was the spring, you said, right? Yeah, I, I, the, it was um, June 10th was that day okay. when he when he diagnosed me. So this was 
probably high- transition into summer training. Right. So we we had a full high school strength conditioning program. So that test week, we just finished up our spring cycle, and we were transitioning in the, into our summer work. So it was literally right after spring training and right after school ended. That was our you know the the end of my junior year All right. in high school. All right. So before we get to like what the treatment process was. I remember you said that you had like these associate, like you didn't know what cancer was at the time. Mm-hmm. You're just like, you hear cancer, but like w- thinking back, what did you associate cancer with? Cause I know like what I would have thought because I would have associated like cancer with dying. Right. Yeah. So, like what, what did you associate that with or what experience did you have? It's a good question. Honestly, I, I didn't think dying because one thing is the, the, the staff over at Children's Hospital, Children's Hospital is that they are, they're awesome. They they will, they're very educated, researched. They know their stuff, so they were they assured me right away, like, hey, this this is this used to be a very fatal type of cancer, and you know we're gonna get you a ninety percent chance of of treating this. Like you you can beat this. Right. It's just going to be a very long process. So for me. The only thing I could really think through my head was that I couldn't play football. Like, I didn't think about dying. I didn't think about, you know, you know, is this, this is going to be the end. For me, it was just more of like, why is this happening to me? Okay. And I think that most people that I know and I've talked to have experienced the same thing. It's like, well, why? You know what I mean? But I didn't really think too much of it being a fatal Thing okay. Thing I, I didn't, honestly didn't know. I didn't understand like treatment or or you know I knew there's chemo. But I didn't know how like what it did. Yeah, I, I mean I you know it's again it's not like that was my curious. I wasn't curious in that, ever in that in my in high school. So I didn't know like there's going to be this three year treatment and there's going to be this process. You're going to you know I had figured like you know people lose hair and right. You know I was I mean obviously you're. A high school kid, you're like, I don't want to lose my hair, or I don't want to, you know, look like I'm sick all the time. Like those things, that I kind of associate it with mm-hmm. with having cancer more than actually the fatal part of it. Okay, so what was the the treatment process like? So you were crying with your mom, and you know you were feeling yeah. bad. You're asking why, but like, what was the next step, and how did you kind of turn that mentality around? That's a good question. So, uh, so immediately. When they tell you, especially at Children's Hospital, is that they immediately educate you on the process. Now, for me, this is, this is, I guess, the funny part about it. Like, I just was like, you know what? I don't care what you guys are going to do. Just load me up. Give me the treatment. I don't care how it works. Just get me better. And I could accept that I was going to have to take these treatments and, and different variations of that. And, you know, and they, they, they won't listen to the, you know, you not wanting to accept that they'll say, Hey, we're going to explain every part of the process to you. Okay. So they explain that, all right, this first month that you are, you're in the hospital. We have to, we have to keep you in for one month. We have to get this into a remission. So they have to essentially, I can't leave the hospital until there's no sign of, this leukemia in you. And then after that, you're going to, go, going to go through six months of hard chemo. It's going to be outpatient. So you visit, you know, once a week um, for the next six months. 
and some of it might be like inpatient stuff for a week and then you're going for you know three weeks after that and all that so it was like in and out stuff and then you'll go through another two and a half years of maintenance which is just once a month you kind of get your life back you can just do what you were you were doing but you still have to get a chemotherapy treatment once a month and you still have to take at home like pills damn it's a long ass process oh yeah it was, it was long so that's this just because of the type of cancer it was acute lymphoblastic leukemia they and they educate you on all this yeah can um, you explain to the audience like what yeah what that so is? um it's a type of cancer that affects the white blood cells so because it's a blood cancer it can spread pretty anywhere. rapidly or it very well the acute is very rapid there's a chronic and i'm not too educated on that type but acute essentially means it's very rapid growing so it spreads quickly. So like when I was wheezing and all those things, that's because I had tumors in my lungs. I had tumors in my liver, bladder. It, it was all spread. And they saw that through the x-rays when they first. That's took, why they're like. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, this kid, we have to put him on prednisone, which is just a steroid. Not the good steroid, obviously. I was, <laughs> once they said, like, we're going to put you on steroids, I'm like, Sick. am I, I going to get jacked? Like, this is awesome. But they're like, no, this is going to be the total opposite of that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, uh, they immediately had to put me on, on steroids to suppress the tumors and shrink them. Um, but yeah, that, so because it's a bloodborne, it'll, it'll spread and there's ways that it's categorized. So affected my T cells, there's T cells and B cells, just the type of white blood cells. I was a T cell, um, leukemia patient so it's a very actually rare it's only usually in males okay uh, young young males it's a, it's a, essentially a childhood cancer so this type of leukemia usually affects kids who are very young so it was kind of it was weird because because you were on the older end of the spectrum I was, on, I was on the older end of the spectrum exactly so uh, i'm like this 17 year old stacked football player in this hot children's hospital with these kids who yeah, were walking around with freaking biceps and dude, dude it was like i mean i kind of felt like i had it easy compared, right, compared to these to kids, kids yeah. because one i mean i'm like looking around and these kids were probably kills some of these killed kids more as the actual treatments than the cancer right because their bodies i'm sure can't can, can't handle it as well as maybe mine did so and then with it, with uh, leukemia, going back to that, it's because it's so acute um, and fast and rapid, they have to treat that hard. And that's why that first month they have to keep you in the hospital and, and really just zap you up with, with steroids, um, spinal fluid treatment. They put chemo in your spinal fluid, um, bone marrow. I didn't have to get a bone marrow transplant or anything. It wasn't. It was only like 63% of cancer in my bone marrow. So that's a good sign. Usually if it's like over 90% that you have to get a transplant. Okay. And that will wipe you out. Like I've, I've met kids there who, who had that and it's just, it's basically resetting your body at zero. Right. With your cells, with your, with your blood cells. So yeah, that's, I've, I've interviewed another guy, Dan Exter, who had to have that done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, that's no joke. So again, I'm, I didn't have to have that have to have that done. I had more spinal 
um, fluid injections with chemo because my spinal fluid was almost at 100% okay. with uh, cancer cells. Um, but yeah, so leukemia just spreads. It spreads. It's, it's through the, that's why you get sick really fast because your white blood cells can't, can't keep up, can't keep up at all. So you're basically not fighting off infections or anything like that. It's ironic because when you take chemo, what does that do? That destroys all your, your white blood cells, red blood cells, your platelets, everything. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you're still not going to be able to fight infections no matter what. Right. So, so during this time, you know, obviously football was still going on, right? Mm -hmm. So how did you handle that? like mentally and emotionally knowing that you're getting depleted, you're probably losing all your muscles. You're, you know, feeling sick while your teammates are still out there playing and doing something that you wish that you were doing. Mm -hmm. So like, how did you handle that? So that is where actually this whole situation became a very big, uh, community based thing because once that happened, once this whole thing was announced and, and people found out with the school and the team and the parents and the clubs, it just, everyone wanted to help. And so really I had, I mean, I wouldn't have had a choice, but to be positive and, and, and to get through this. Right. People wanted to be there to, to see me succeed and, and beat this. So during that first month, I couldn't leave the hospital. Right. So, right. Until they said the leukemia was gone. Yeah, or, right. And, and they, with the studies, they could, they could do that. Obviously, it just has to be a process. But during that whole first month, I, you know, and they're, they're doing spring. My buddies are doing training and all that with the football team. And, but every single day, people were coming in, was it, if, whether if it was my teammates, you know, parents, previous coaches, people from the community who wanted to just – be there to support me that fueled me that that helped a lot and I never really put my head down I mean mentally like I remember I, I woke up one night you know it was within the, within the first week I'm like I woke up and I was just like is this real like I'd, I had to take a second just to like really believe that this is actually happening happening to me right but I mean I never once really put a negative output to people around me and to myself i it, it when every every time someone came in it was just positive and my teammates were always there and my family and i had so much support it was it was it kept me going for sure and you know if, whether if it was my teammates and their parents like bringing me food or and actually the first month i was actually able to eat a hefty amount because you're it's more of actually of steroids that they're blowing you up with. Like they're giving me chemo shots and, and IV injections and all that. But mostly because you're on so many stero so many steroids and prednisone, your body just goes through so many hormonal fluctuations. What are the steroids supposed to do? Like what was that? The main purpose of the steroids is to shrink all the tumors and essentially clear okay. them. Because that's so many tumors. Right. You can like. Yeah. They need it to to do that and that's exactly what the steroids did okay um so that my body was actually affected that first month more by the steroids than the actual chemo so like actually my body like blew up like i had chipmunk cheeks i was like filled with water weight and like i just it, that that was a horrible experience going through that 
for a month and after leaving the hospital for that, just dealing with that. But I mean, and that's like an image thing. Like I had friends come in. I'm like, I'm like bloating up. I'm like, I look totally different. I didn't lose my hair essentially the first month. Okay. Like I still had some things. Um, but again, people were coming together. Like they had, they had a fundraiser for when I, when I, uh, came out of the hospital. Um, it didn't really hit me too much in, until after the hospital and the season started where like I had to, you know, I, I made it to Friday night games. I was able to, to show up and be there and, and that's where it got, it, it, it started to get me a little bit. Like it started to hurt. You right. know, I never showed it. I was there, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I know the feeling dude. So like, what was it about being there that made it, hard i guess it's it's the fact that you know that if i was there you know you're putting yourself into the plays when you're there right Right. it's like i could have made that play like i've you know this this could have been me i could have been there for the big event i could have you know you you just do that could have could have would have right you know and it's it's hard because that's that's all you thought about that's all I thought about at that during that whole time. So it was mostly like when game day rolled around. That was when you started feeling that. Yeah. That part. Yeah, and that's you know after the hospital, after those six months, it was actually like right when, or actually the first month that's going into um, the season was when I started doing hard chemo and I was outpatient. I could make the game the the Friday night games. Um. And there were there were some circumstances with that where like there was one game where I had to like I was I started to like get really bad chest pain, and it's because I had a, had a pulmonary embolism. I had a, had a blood clot in my lung. Jesus. Yeah, it was bad to the point where yeah you could die from that. They like had to ambulance me out there, you know after the just game. Just from watching. Yeah. I was like fighting it the whole game, like just being there and. Then after the game, yeah, there goes that athlete mentality on yeah, the sideline yeah. fighting chemo. You're still trying to like suck it up and look tough. <laughs> so I think, but in my mind during these games and, and these things, it was don't show yourself as being weak to your teammates and to your coaches, even though they're always there. Like you know, how you feeling? You know, take it easy. You know, and and one thing I one thing. I mean, just because it's me, like one thing that always bothered me, I was like, I never, I always got, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? You okay? You know, it's like people want to pat you on the back and they kind of have to. I mean, they, in my mind, it's not, I'm like, it's not as serious as they maybe perceive it. I'm trying to just be normal me because I'm also. Right. They're not treating you like they used to treat you. Yeah. And well, and you know, they kind of have to because it's a dramatic change with me. I'm an 18 year old high school kid and I'm just looking to, you know, be, live my high school life. Right. And I, I, I couldn't that first six months because I, I wouldn't be homeschooled after that first month of treatment and then going into this hard chemo for six months. I, had, I couldn't go be in school because you have to be careful with your, your white blood cells dropping, you know, you, just energy in general. Right. So it seems like you're the kind of guy who needs help having the reins kind of pulled back on him. And it's interesting to me that you said that 
you didn't want to seem weak to your teammates and to your coaches. Right. Like, you almost have an excuse, though, like when you have cancer, you know. Yeah, that's true. And people expect that. So, like, what about, like, where did that come from? Like, like what? why did you want to appear tough to them or to appear strong and I don't know? I think it's because for for my teammates, it's because I wanted them to succeed too. You know, and, and in a selfish way, it's like, well, you know, should it, like, is it fair for them to succeed if I'm not playing too? You know what I mean? Right. It's It's fighting that. Right. And saying, taking a step back, well, you know, it's not all just about me. Like this is, they were, they've been there from they square one. They put the one. work in too, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, and it's, and there was something special about that that team too that year, and and making them better themselves. And I wanted to do that, and it was hard, but I think just me being there and having a presence, even if you know I'm feeling tired from the treatments, and you know it's just starting to hit me, and I'm just. Feeling, you know, just I think being there helped a lot. Well, serving as like a ins- source of inspiration for them, you know, yeah. like that was kind of your, like, could have been your role, like something that you could control. And I that's and I, and that was my role. Yeah. And, and that's what I think. I don't think that my coaches really expected anything really more out of me or anything really out of me to begin with. I think, I think just the fact that me, just being alive and being positive and that's what I want I just wanted to be positive right and have a good attitude and mentality around them and around everyone just that I think that for me was 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 what would help okay um but again I don't think they really they, they weren't like relying on me to be anything you know if anything they wanted me to be up in the booth upstairs you know where the play calls are at and not be on the field near the contact and all that yeah and take it a little bit more step yeah. back but i'm like no I, I want to i want to be there like it's still my duty as a captain to you know go out on the, on the coin toss and, and, and that's something you dreamed of probably. yeah yeah and I, I did that every game i went out you know me and uh cory shane charlie other captains we all went out together and we we did the coin toss every time I, I stepped out. I did the the coin toss. They were behind, and every time, every cool. every, every game. Did your team have success that year? Yeah, we, it was a great year. We made it to the uh, district one final, which is uh, before the the eastern state final, and then there would be state after that. Okay. Um. So it was really district one final. We lost to North Penn. Um, and then it was over. I mean, and again, it's like in my head, it's like, well, well, what if I if I was playing, could we have yeah, it made, been it, different, made it yeah. to you know state? And that was the dream that year. Like we were like in our head, in our in our minds as a team, and through what we were doing that year, we thought that was the year. Um, and again, it was just it it, it was a great year, and I think that that you know my teammates and everything we all learned something out of that experience yeah um do you think that because they had success while you were out that that made it harder well for harder for me yeah personally yeah oh yeah i mean i i won't lie and say like they were successful without me you know 
didn't hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But was I happy as hell for them? Yeah. Right. And I wish, you know, it could have went further for them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a good message because I, that's something that I struggle with too. Cause we, we were terrible every year that I played, mm. but the season after I was done, it was essentially the same team minus like a few guys. Right. They like made it, you know, almost to like the state semis or something. They made it really far and they had right. a really successful season. And like, those are all my friends. So like, yeah, I was happy for them. But at the end of the day, like it freaking killed me. Yeah. Like it made it so bad. I mean, and and that, remember, this is like the what, like fourteenth game of the season. So it's like week after week after week. I have to do this. I have to be there. I have to be there. And it's you know, it's just built up. It's like, in a way, it's almost a relief that it was over. Yeah. You know, obviously, I, I, I love, I loved being there and and being a positive influence. But again, it was almost like you know, it's it's over. It's done. You know. Right. And even even then, after that season. It, you know, it's still hard to move on. It'll still haunt me forever and ever. But I mean, now it's to a point where, you know, I had to go through a process of acceptance right through that. So, all right. So what was like the hardest part of your treatment um, process? And I, you just said that you had a pulmonary embolism. So like, what, what the hell happened with that? Oh man. So the first month was, was, was manageable. I, it was that was more, where you were more on steroids. You that said, was right? that was more. St- I mean, I had to do like these like three like weekly like the, I had these huge needles through like my quad, just like would stab them in me. I was just like, I would make jokes of it too, like you know what do you got? It, it was I tried <laughs> to, and all and it was great. I had a great, the great doctors, great nurses were like, there was almost some fun to it. At least being in the hospital the first month, it was more of like a hormonal changes. Like I you know. One minute I'd be happy. One minute I'd be hungry. Next, it was like, I guess I'm like, I kind of can relate to, I guess, what females like to being <laughs> pregnant, you know? Like, you're going through these hormonal changes, and it was just like, I was getting bloated. I was getting... I'm sure someone listening to this is going to be like, oh, you have no idea what... what I know, like, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, absolutely not. I can't, can't compare, but... And, and some of those uh, changes, maybe. But uh, it, it, I'll tell you what, it was... Uh, that was more manageable because I didn't have that illness part of it. Right. So, so the chemo made you feel sick. So, well, yeah. Well, the first month I, I was going through chemo, but not intense. The okay. next six months after that was really hardly any steroids and more intense chemo weekly. Like I would, uh, I can't even name half of them anymore, but <laughs> it was that, that's the point where like, okay, this hard chemo is starting to, to wear and tear on you. You know, you're starting to now lose about probably about a month or two after into the six months of hard treatment, I started to weight was just shedding off me. I was losing appetite. I was, I was getting sick, you know, the nausea, the, the vomiting. I mean, I did okay with, with the vomiting part of it. I mean, but I can relate to like, I mean, when you, when you vomit, when you're on chemotherapy, it's like violent. It's like, sounds like you're like dying. You're like, <laughs> you're like yelling in the toilet. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. But uh, that's a sight. Oh, my mom was like, like she was scared. I think she was scared sometimes when it happened. But I mean, that was manageable because I was able to handle nausea mentally. Like, like I'm like, I'm not going to make myself throw up. Like I could mentally do that again because that's just my mentality. Like I'm sure with like the kids, I mean, that's, it, it hits them way harder. Yeah, they don't they don't so, have the background to build up that mentality. So I, I always yeah. told myself, I'm like, you know, 
they probably have it worse than I do. But so I started to lose my hair and, you know, I really couldn't – I had to be careful around people. And that's the hard thing too, right? Because, to not get sick, you mean? Yeah, like because I can probably catch a cold quicker, get an infection quicker because I can't – my white blood cells aren't functioning. Right. So the hard part for me is that I can't be social with my friends. As a, this, you know, this is like the first, uh, you know, fall. This is the fall of my senior, senior year. Yeah. So, crap! I can't go hang out with my friends on the weekend, like I want to, and you know, do social, be social. I have to like hang out and at home and have people visit me. Like I don't want that. I don't want. I don't. I didn't want that. That uh, being like, feel like I'm in a bubble. You yeah, know like what you're I mean? isolated. Yeah, and. In quarantine, yeah, and it's that was that was a hard thing mentally and to to work through. Um, How did you work through it? Honestly, I I I was still was able to be out and about a little bit. Like I just had to be very cautious. Okay. With you know, like you know, like having hand sanitizer with me all the time. You know what I mean? Or yeah. Um, I think I just had to tell myself constantly that it's it's gonna it's going to pass it'll get better and again like i had i had a pneumonia one time because i i just got sick during treatment during this was during that you know this was during football season and during that six months of the hard chemotherapy where you know this is actually before the pulmonary embolism i i got i had pneumonia i was in like i had to be in the hospital for another week uh, another setback, you right. know, you, you're, we had the, I'm, you know, on morphine and antibiotics because I'm just like feeling like hell. And, and that was, that was another thing. I can't, I'm trying to even remember. I like, it's like all a blur. And another, yeah. It's like all a blur until I actually like reminisce on these things or reflect. Right. You know, I don't really reflect, reflect on these experiences too much until they're brought about. And honestly, this is, only really ever time I've in the, in a long time I've actually talked about these experiences. Yeah, like I mean, I'm the, just like doing some background research, like there's really not too much out there. Yeah, on your story I, to be honest. And it's, I kind of like it that way. I'm not someone who posts about this these things or or I'm open about it. I just, for me, I'm just glad to you know just I live my regular life because in, during those times it was like I'm not living a regular life. I'm I'm trying to get my body back to to be normal be normal yeah. so now I'm, it's just i appreciate i just i just appreciate my life. the normalcy yeah, yeah and i don't really even think about it i mean i had a phase where you know it's like that what if like wow like what if it comes back well, what if what if what if like having that anxiety um but i mean during those treatment times like i i've had like example the the embolism was was rough the blood clot and and just the illnesses those are just things i had to had to manage with um and then after that so anyway going back to the the, the treatment after the six, six months i actually had to do radiation on my skull um what it did it was it was more of like through spinal fluid things it's just like catching any cells like they don't they don't know and i guess this is something more educate educational for people like they don't know if there's cells in their left, you know what I mean? It's not like there, there's technology that they can see them. that can see cancer cells in your body. For all I know, they could have been zapped already. 
but they're just they, like going above and beyond to well, and that's just their protocol through research of research of research. So, you know, when I go to events and I tell people like, "Hey, all this money you're donating, you know, American Cancer Society and all these things, like, hey, that money's going to good use. Like, if it wasn't for those that those donations to all this research, like, probably acute lymphoblastic leukemia from back to when it was very fatal wouldn't have this high success rate as it does now. Right. So there, this was something that they researched a lot. And so the process for me is just long. And that that was kind of like a mental thing I'd just like go through, like it being a long, long process of just having to do it. So, you know, when I was doing radiation and all I know, they could have zapped all the cancer cells, but I still had to do that. And that made me lose my hair. And, you know, you had that, you have that look now where it's like, all right, well, now I look like a cancer patient. You know, I'm I'm officially there. You know, it's like, you know, darkness under your eyes constantly. And, you know, your skin's pale. You don't have hair anywhere. My skin's always pale, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And once I post up that Instagram pic of your uh, your, your post-workout shirtless tape. Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm glad I kept my shirt on. <laughs> I have naturally brown skin. That's good thing of being Hispanic, I guess, right? Yeah, man. So you were saying about like talking about the what ifs. So you, you right. have those like what ifs, what if it comes back? What if like what if this? Like you have the anxiety. Right. So when did you start getting that? Do you still have that today? Well, that's a good question. So when I it was probably it was I would say I really started to get that feeling was after the 6 months of hard treatment because like when you're being zapped that much, you know, right, you're, like you're going through all this stuff. Yeah, you're like, you know what? They're killing the crap out of it. So when once I had to do transfer into this maintenance phase, it was January, that January 2011. Um, you know, that's where you have to start a process of two and a half years of doing once a month treatment. So I go in to Children's Hospital once a month to give me IV chemo and you're out. And so during this process, you, like, again, they, they tell you all about this, but you basically get your life somewhat back to normal. Your body starts to, you know, regenerate, you know, you get your hair back. beating the crap out of it. Right, exactly. It's to the point where your body can start to manage, uh, manage again, your, your cells, your red cells, your white cells, your plates, they go back to normal. Um, well, during fluctuations of the month, like that first week, they give you that treatment. They go down a little bit, you know, your energy's down a little bit. And then the next three weeks they kind of bump up. So, you, and then that's where you just like back to normal, you know, you feel better. Um, you have mild symptoms of, but for like, two freaking years though, that's a, yeah, two, that's a long ass two, time. Yeah. It's a long time. And, uh, during the, and that's where I started to get these feelings where, you know, I'm only getting it once a month, and you know, is is it going to come back? Well, you know, they're you're in remission essentially after that first month, okay, or else they won't let you out, right? And they and they and they successfully had remission. There wasn't any sign in my spinal fluid before they let me out, which was very good. So, for all I know, I could have been cured after that first month. Probably not. There's probably still cells in there and so it's all precautionary but yeah it's a process and you have to respect that because they know more than i mean that's their top children's hospital i mean they're right. they're they're high up there so trusting that but uh, again it's like well well hey i'm going back to my life i'm back in school for the final 
half of the year. Were you and, back working out again or? Yeah, I mean, I went, to, I, I went to, you know, I was lifting. I was doing basically like fo- football program that I was doing. Just wasn't. I I did actually. It was funny because I I planned this out like I in, during when I was in the uh, the hospital for. Um, you know, the the first month, the I was month, just yeah. I started planning like in my head. I'm like, all right, when I'm done, I'm gonna get back into shape. Like I tried actually. This is funny that you asked that because like the first week I came home after being from the hospital, I got I ordered P90X. Okay. Because you knew you could do it. At well, home. well, the thing is, when you're in the hospital for every single day and you're watching TV. And like I was up during the night sweating because I was on these steroids and everything. I was like, when you're up in the middle of the night, what's what's on TV? Infomercials. <laughs> so there's like all these workout infomercials, and I was just like looking for something to get me motivated. And I, every every night it was P90X, P90X, P90X. I'm like, it's a sign. It's a sign. <laughs> like I'm gonna get my life back. I'm gonna get right back into working out as soon as I get out. Just like, like every other. I person. didn't lose my hair yet. You know, I'm I'm still okay. Like, all right, get out of the hospital the first week. You know, I have P90X. And, like, I try the first workout, and, like, I do, like, five push-ups, and I'm out of breath just because, like, you're, you're so – Yeah, I'm just, like, you're not functioning. Your body's going through so much. I'm like – and it totally just tore me apart. I'm like, wow, I'm not – I'm I, you know what? I'm just not going to even worry about it. So like demoralized, it. yeah. I was kind of demoralized. You know what? I'm just – like walking up the stairs was hard for me after the first month in the hospital because I was just so bloated up and yeah. worn down. And so anyway, going into that maintenance phase, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this P90X program. I'm just going to like get in shape and feel better and move. And actually I did it. I did like the first 60 days and I was doing it at home. Like after school, I would do it and I would be in my home space. So I felt like comfortable. I didn't have to worry about being in the gym and, or about getting sick or something like that. Um, and I, like, started to get, you know, better function back. I was just moving again, working out. And being an athlete, going from, you know, nothing, and that, that's part of the problem is when you're not moving and sweating and stuff, like, that's part of what you miss. Yeah. Right, so you can get back and doing that. Well, you know, again, it's like, well, you know, I'm not playing sports. I just want to have a nice body now that I'm still. Yeah, I want to at least look good. Oh, all right, it's my second half of my senior year, and I'm in school now. I, like, I want to look good. Like, you know, I'm still, I was still bald and everything, and I, you know, but I want, I could still start moving again, and like, I wanted to have abs, you know, <laughs> like, right, like right. look strong. Like, yeah, I'm not 210 and yoked up, you know, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I wanted to feel good, so I did that, and I was. I was getting a lot into uh, like yoga and and some more <clears throat> like homeopathic type things. We 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 had a, a lot of funding and a lot of help from the community, and so I got into like homeopathic type stuff. Like what kind of like had that help uh, your recovery? Like like, like uh, we saw um, we met this lady, my mom and I, and she was into just like remedies, like different herbs, vitamins, minerals like teas you think it helped i think i I, absolutely i think i'm i'm a big fan of homeopathic treatment again it's the opposite opposite spectrum of yeah chemo (laughs) of of you know the modern medicine here where you you know you're getting shocked you know oh here's drugs you know and that's something and again that there's that stuff works you know what i mean but again 
you know, the the Chinese are up to something over there, right? It's like they're there I think there's a time and place for that. And I think that's something that a lot of people should look into is these types of alternate medicines. So I we I was doing a, a lot of that. Uh, I was into a lot of that. Now, again, trying to get myself back into shape and feeling better. It was like, well, you know, I got to get ready for senior week. Now I can, like, do these things. You know, I was just being a high school kid, you yeah. know. And I and I was, you know, I had a – I did have an incident where, like, we were doing, like um, – it's a, it's a community thing called gym night at our school, and it's like we put on a big, uh, like, act for the, the community – and uh, we were practicing part of like uh, our our sketch in this thing, and it was we were doing the Matrix, and he was you know where Keanu like kind of falls yeah, back, falls back right, right, like dodging the bullet. So I was he was practicing that my partner he he was throwing like an uppercut to me like facing it like, and I was like leaning back. I remember like he kind of practiced and he caught me probably not even hard, but caught me in the eye. Like I guess I could still bleed very very because uh, i was still going through treatment i could bleed quickly like i don't clot that quick with okay, the platelet yeah, yeah. count so it caught me and i had like a little cut and i was like gushing blood everywhere i was like fine yeah and, and like you know the whole the whole, everyone that was there was like freaking out like <laughs> dude are you okay i'm like i mean i'm all right like just things right. like that right so that's that kind of puts you like yeah you're still going through things even though like you start to feel better and you know your life is kind of Getting back, still got to hold back the reins a little bit. Yeah. yeah so, um, you know, there were instances like that, but again, it was, things started to start to go back to normal during that that time. But I and I did, uh, and that, that was just something. The anxiety was just like, well, you know, there's always a what if. You know, right. You're scared because you don't want to go through that again. And the, and every every time I was in the hospital, you know, every every week, every month, getting that maintenance, they would always keep asking you questions and keep you updated and, and, you know, want reminding you these things, right? Like keep on top of this, keep on top of this. Like we don't want setbacks. Like you've made it, you've been doing a great job and work, you know, doing, made it this far, like stay consistent, you know? Okay. So trust. Yeah. Trust them. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't try to push. And it. obviously when you're trying to be a high school kid and hanging out with friends and, you know, especially going into, college that next year and you're in your freshman year of college and you're trying to you know booze up in westchester with your friends and all that it's like you all you know like is, am i hurting my body like you, you go through these thoughts yeah. so so let's get into that when like when did you you went to westchester you went to college and you ended up walking onto the football team so like were you still getting treatments during this time because it was that two year time span yeah so that january when i started i graduated 2011 in uh in june and that summer i you know that was like senior summer so i i was doing that right i was i was enjoying my life back again right just and that's and they and they allow you to do that doctors like yeah you you know you're still going through once a month but like your body can still function well so i was just working out you know doing home workout stuff just getting back to normal and well, obviously during the the time when I was homeschooled and all we were talking about, I, w- I had my uh, um, homeschool teacher and she's like, well, you know, what are we thinking about for after school when you get back? Like, what are, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, I, I love physical education. And it was a big thing in our in our high school. 
it was huge. And it really made me appreciate physical activity for for the youth. Right. Because I didn't have that growing up in my grade school and in my first two years in my other high school. So I'm like, well, I, I kind of, I want to do that. I want to be a, a, I wanted to be a teacher. I was always a leader and I always wanted, was, was good at being uh, in control and, and have being a role model. So I'm like, Hey, I want to, I want to get into that. So like, you know, there's colleges, you know, we looked into that temple university, um, Westchester, something where I could still kind of be at home, right? Because you were still going through this. I was still going through treatment, and I needed to be at Children's Hospital once a week. You know, I didn't feel like going through this whole thing where I had to, like, switch hospitals and do all this stuff. So, like, somewhere close, right? So, Westchester just ended up being the perfect fit. My sister went there, and I'm like, you know what? Let's apply, and I got accepted. And my um, one of my good friends who played football – he was senior at Nishama. He played football. He was one of one of our captains as well. He got a scholarship to play football at Westchester. So during like the summer and, and the end of and then the end of the school year, I'm like, well, yeah, we should be roommates. You know, you know, hell, I'll just I'll walk on. I'll try to play. I'll try to you know, like why not? I'll try to get back in the football again. Right. And because he's going there, so I <laughs> talked to the coaches and and. They were actually – they came in to recruit during the time I was being, you know, recruited back in my junior year preparing. Okay, yeah. So, so they, they knew what you had. They, yeah. they, they remembered me automatically. Now when they came in to recruit me, I wasn't – I was like, well, I wanted to be D1 because I had D1. I had like Navy, Villanova. Um, I was actually – So they kind, of, they kind of gave up on you thinking that you were going to go somewhere else? I mean, it was more of I just wasn't too interested in that. Yeah, you know, yeah, they But yeah. I mean – I guess it, it all worked out because I called them. They're like, hey, like, you know, we have bring your highlight tape from your junior year. We'll, we'll take a look at you. We'll let you, you know, come in. And so I went in early August. You know, I, I was applied. I was good. Uh, we went in that uh, August for um, the, uh, the camp. And I started off actually as doing some film work for the team. Okay. So I started off like filming just, practice just, and stuff. Yeah, filming practice because I wasn't fully. Uh, I for, actually forgot. I wasn't fully like ready to to, to go into it. Right. Like I was cleared kinda, or like well, medically I was clear. I was clear to you know do whatever I want. I actually told them and I told the doctors. I'm like, hey, I want to try playing football again. They're gonna and they kind of. She looked at me like, you know what? Go for it. You know, and, and in my head, it's you know. I'm like I'm like I'm gonna be fine, whatever. But I was way, way out of it. So I started off filming for the team, and then they let me just start walking on in the practices, and it was just like I was so bad, I was so bad. Like I had no motor control, like okay. no skill anymore. Like I and I didn't train that right. I wasn't training in the summer to prepare for walking on into Westchester football because I didn't really plan on it. Right. It was just kind of like a last second thing. You were still doing P90X. Yeah, yeah. I was still just wanting to be healthy. I, it was kind of a last second thing the month prior to like with my room with my roommate. I'm like, hey, like, you know what? We'll room together. I'll get in early. You know, I'll, you know, do something for the football team, maybe walk on. It was kind of just like wasn't pre planned type right. thing. It was just like a like go with the flow. And I it was, you know, the first semester I was you no, know, during practices I'd be there and 
suited up and you know was in there, but I was I was slow. I just didn't have didn't feel it. I, yeah. I mean, I was I was also like 180 pounds still, like lean. I was I wasn't like at football Wait, where I was yeah, yeah. where I was when I was preparing for my senior season. Which I was, was way what, off. Like, I was like 210 pounds, you know, thick, strong. Yeah. Uh, and that's just the way I was. I was in much better shape. You know, I could sprint better, agile. You know, I didn't have that. Um, so when you had, when you realized you're like, oh crap, like I, I don't have it anymore. Like, would you? So what'd you do? that's where I got motivated to start to make a comeback. I'm like, all right, well, I went through that that fall, just as like walk on. They they kept me there, and I told them like, all right, well, during the winter, I'm gonna train my butt off. Get in shape, get ready, and I'm gonna make a comeback. Like in my head, like I'm like, this is gonna be the comeback. And again, I'm still going through, you know, my treatments, and you know, I'm not thinking too much about it. But again, it was just, you know, I'm building myself back up, type thing. Like I'm not, I'm trying to like push that away. I'm like telling myself I'm gonna be fine, whatever. It's just like I'm doing okay. I'm gonna get back in shape. I'm gonna get back to that right at two ten. So what I did was. Came home, uh, you know, for that winter break, about, you know, five weeks. And I just put on, like, I, I was eating, like, so much, drinking a crap ton of milk and just, like, putting on weight back. I got back up to, like, 200 pounds. I was doing my uh, squat cycles, clean cycles that we did in uh, back at the high school. So I was doing my high school lifting program. Uh, I worked with... This this guy I worked with back in my uh, when I was training in in my CYO days in, in youth, uh, he's a Nike Nike guy. So we did a lot of like sprint training, conditioning, um, agility stuff. And I worked with him personally, one on one, like three times a week. I just did like this whole five week get back into it. And I like I came back for spring ball. For spring training and, and I was like who the hell is this kid yeah I was just like totally I like I worked my butt off for five weeks and I just like I literally didn't do anything else like I just like train came home ate sleep train like I wanted to like I'm like this could be like my my chance and in my head like it's gonna be a great story yeah <laughs> I'm making it come back and and next you thing see you Hollywood know, yeah and I was I was like I was you know I was back to my getting back to my squat weights now I'm back in spring ball lifting and like I was just presence wise there they're like you know like yeah you're you know you're looking a lot better and again I was still probably going through like again like with with the treatment once a month that it's enough to where like you can have some like nerve things they explain to you like nerve um issues in your sciatic nerve like it's like it's kind of not firing as much as it did so maybe that affected like some motor control things maybe that would apply to sport but again i didn't think about that at the time but um i was i was ready i was like you know i'm gonna come back and then next thing you know it was like third week in oh spring ball uh yeah i mean we we didn't even suit up or anything it was just spring spring ball training okay lifting so we were just lifting and all that and it was just one day we were playing basketball in 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 the West, one of the Westchester, you know, basketball gyms, and the, under the under behind the one basket is a wall, 
So there's not With clear like a padded sta- wall. Or yeah, it's a padded wall. Yeah. There's not clear space, and it's fairly close to the basket. So we're playing ball, and next thing you know is that the kid, the kids, you know, going for you know layup from down the court to, to this hoop where the wall's where the behind wall is, it, yeah. and I'm like, I'm gonna make this epic play where I'm gonna <laughs> sprint across across the court, you know, SWAT team, SWAT, SWAT him. <laughs> Come out of nowhere and be the be the hero, right? That's just my mentality. Right. <laughs> so I'm sprinting across the court. He goes for layup. I go for the swat, miss. Don't even swat it. Don't even hit it. Crash into the wall, foot first. And immediately, as soon as I crash in the wall, I'm like, and this is full speed too. This is a full sprint. Crash in. I'm like, no, this that, that this this isn't good. this isn't good. <laughs> Immediately, I'm down on the floor. I'm like, I can't feel my foot. Like, this is not good. This this is killing me. And that's mo- mostly my fault, you know. <laughs> uh, it's just being dumb. And but immediately when that happened, I'm like, this isn't good. I mean, I I did. Some, I'm like, did I did I tear my foot apart or something like that? Um, and I take off my shoe, and it's just like it's all numb at the moment. And I knew this is this wasn't gonna be good. So. Immediately had to go to the emergency room, and uh, you know they 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 just kind of casted me up. I had to you know go through that weekend of just kind of suffering through on crutches. Ended up going to a foot specialist and all that the week after. Uh, my mom took me and and uh, you know this and we're, I remember we're sitting in the the doctor's office just waiting for like some results or whatever. And she's looking at me, and she sees just like my face, and I'm just. She can tell I'm just not in in good headspace right now. Spirits, yeah. Yeah, and she, and we just kind of looked at each other, and we're like, "Yeah, this isn't meant to be." Like whatever, you know. I in my head, I'm like, I'm. Like, I I tell her, I'm like, Mom, maybe just maybe I'm not meant to be playing football. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a situation where. I kind of did it to myself, right? But I mean, every throughout all these experiences, it's like, well, maybe this stuff happens for a reason. There, there has to be, and that gets me into more of like a spiritual type no, outlook I, into you life. You almost have to look at it that way, because yeah. if you don't, it's like you're just like, why the hell did this happen to me? And then it's all this negative, negative, negative. Yeah. But if you, you kind of make it into this, like, you know what? Like it, it's must, yeah. God, for whatever reason, doesn't want me to play football. So yeah. let's let's see what else he has. And, in store. and we looked at each other and we're like, "Well, it's it's just not meant to be." 